Hey, welcome everyone to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to develop your leadership and grow your church. In this episode, we're going to be talking with lead pastor Paul Benger on the subject of this, that every leader has their levers. Hi, I'm Dave McKeown. And I'm Nathan Benger, and we are your hosts on the Church Explained podcast. And today we are joined on the podcast again by lead pastor of Icon Church, Paul Benger. Again. Again. <laughs> In a different place, though. D- if different you're watching, place. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see we've got a different set today. Different place, different time. Yep, that's it. But we are here. It's good to be with you, Paul. It's good to be here. And yeah. uh, hey, since you were last with us when we talked about church mergers, We've had quite a lot of people connecting into that and looking through that. Um, what have you been up to? Well, um, obviously leading, leading church and uh, leading in this season where people are now coming back to in-person mm. gatherings. We last weekend were able to do seven in-person gatherings wow. uh, across Icon Church, which was great. So that's good. I've also been uh, heavily involved in Grand Level Leadership Conference which was a sort of a 24-hour, just over 24-hour thing. I thought that was went well, and I was involved in planning that, but also in speaking and leading that as well. And uh, I've also done a few painting commissions Ooh, wow. since we were last together. So yeah. I've, got, I've got one more to do as well. So uh, I enjoy those. So the question is, are you offering out discounts to people watching the podcast? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> no. no. there are people that's your answer. There's no discount. No, no. I, I will offer to do a commission if yeah, anyone yeah, wants one, yeah, but there's definitely. no discount available. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Well, today we're going to talk about um, our, our subject really is every leader has their levers. And uh, you uh, talk to our staff uh, earlier this year on this subject. Um, but also, I, I think we want to do this in the podcast because it's a subject that everyone will face as a leader. Mm, uh, everyone will do that. Uh, and so we've got we've actually got a PDF with all the key points that you'll yep. be able to get at icon.church forward slash open. You'll be able to get that. But you share three key things that we would like to kind of just talk around today yeah. in this show. Uh, I wonder, Dave, whether you'd just highlight those three things for us. Certainly, yeah. So the first one was um, what we should know when people leave us. That's important because, as Nathan said, people will leave. Mm, yeah. uh, secondly how we often respond in the situation. Uh, and I suppose thirdly is how we should respond. So there's those three elements, you know, obviously yeah. we want to try and dive mm. into that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, very good. Well, shall we yeah, kick yeah. off with what we should, I guess, what we should know? Or... Yeah, yeah. yeah let, let's go with that. What, mm. what we should know, the fact that when people leave. Yeah. Well, I think the title gives it away, really, that <laughs> <laughs> every leader has their levers. And uh, I guess some of the points that I brought out in the staff meeting was that Jesus had his levers. Mm. You know, not just Judas, but when you think of Jesus' ministry, there was one point where he said something and a whole batch of people left. He even turned to the disciples and said, are you going to leave as well? (laughs) And Peter said, no, we've got nowhere to go. You've got the words of (laughs) eternal life. Uh, Paul talks quite a bit, actually, about the fact that he had his levers. Mm. He talks about a guy called Demas who left him because he loved the world too much. He talks about the fact that when he was on trial in Asia, he said, all of Asia has left me. So, you know, we're, we're not the first 
to have no. levers. He, men- he mentions two names as well. He does. Um, but I, I'm only highlighting it because I want you to pronounce them for me. Well, I think I think it's Figelius <laughs> and Hermogenes. I ain't got a clue if that's correct, but I well think, done. I don't think it's. I don't think <laughs> I've pretty done good, bad though. there. Hermogenes yeah. is probably yeah, pretty yeah. good. The first one. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll forget about that give one. Me, give me a pass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a pass. Yeah. The other thing is that people leave for different reasons. Mm. Yeah. I think it's important to know that. So not everybody leaves for the same reason. And, and that's important because sometimes you can, you can try and um, make every situation the same. So if you felt some culpability in somebody leaving, you know, you don't need to feel that every time because people leave for different reasons. Mm. Some people leave because they've become offended. Um, you know, it's just a fence in their life. Uh, many people I've found leave because it's a discipleship issue in them. Okay. That actually they've come to a point where God is asking them to step over a line, to, to make a choice. You know, it, it's not just the coming to faith where a Christian, a follower of Jesus has to make that step. But actually we're constantly in this cycle of growing and developing. And so Mm. there'll be points in our lives, I think, of confrontation. And Mm. therefore, often people leave because they're avoiding a discipleship issue. And I I suppose that's the same with uh, Jesus, that point that you you made there, that people Mm, believe him, weren't they? Because he was challenging them with a new idea, a new concept. Totally. And, and obviously, at that point, they they thought to themselves, "Well, we can't we can't handle this. Can't accept it. We can't accept it's it. Too hard. Yeah, yeah. We, we, mm. we've got to go." So, so you, let, let's draw draw that out a little bit if we can, Paul. You know, what 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 have you seen in that? What sort of reasons, discipleship reasons, do you think people leave? I think people have left uh, church because they've uh, been challenged to forgive others. And I don't mean necessarily they've been challenged by somebody, like somebody's yeah. gone mm. and said, Nathan, you, you, you know, I know that you've got a problem with this person, you need to forgive yeah. them. Mm. But actually in, in the context of church, you know, sun, Sunday worship together, teaching is a discipleship moment. Yeah. And, and God, you know, God is always, will always be on our case mm. and for what's best for us. And so I've seen people through forgiveness, unforgiveness. Mm. I think I've seen people through a challenge with certain levels of commitment, you know, where they, I believe the Holy Spirit has been challenging people to, to, to serve more maybe, to give more, to, you know, commit more to the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus's demands, if, if we can put them that, it are not are not light upon us. No, no. And uh, so often people, when they're confronted with those in their life, mm. you know, and there's always grace for us, and Jesus is patient with us. But often people uh, find sometimes, like that group of people, we can't yeah. cope with yeah. this. This is too much for us. Yeah. I guess uh, as well on the flip side of that, you also then have people who leave because there's a call of God. Yeah. Um. I wonder if you'd just speak into that because that again is someone leaving and can be yeah. can be hurtful. It can and or, and sometimes um, not easy to as just as difficult to deal with, mm. you know. And so we've we've had people with a sense of God's call on on their life, and I guess my first response would be, how can we help you outwork that in our context? But then sometimes that's not been possible, mm. so people have left to pursue the call of God on their life, mm. you know, and do do other things. Uh, other people leave, uh, and that, that's more of a positive thing. There's mm. one more, it's one you become more 
comfortable with you mm. know once you've given rationale and and time to that <laughs> also people leave because you sent you send them mm. you know you send them off and yeah that's that's what got and it is actually better to be sent than just to go and leave yeah. but uh, you you send them and you bless them yeah. and you do that I, I, I was just thinking on that I suppose I mean, we're, we're talking about it in this context but these principles are the same everywhere in every church yeah, really aren't yeah, they yeah. I think it's good to make people aware of that although mm. we're, you're talking from uh, your experience experience yeah in our church setting here but of course that happens everywhere mm. doesn't it yeah every church setting yeah so every, it's applicable. Leader. every leader every leader and, has and, their leader yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the title isn't it yeah so yeah yeah so it's good yeah. just to be aware of that and another thing to mention might be the idea that people leave uh, and because of shame mm. because maybe there's something that has been exposed in their life and again we're not the kind of church that exposes people no but you know they make they made a mistake they you know a relationship has failed or they've do, they've done something they've become critical of leadership or and they've been open about it and then they feel this sense of shame even sometimes they if they you know have asked people for forgiveness or mm. and that sense of shame uh, means that they they, they somehow can't get past that, even though nobody's holding it over mm. them and they can't get past that. And so often they find themselves, well, I need a fresh start, mm. I guess is what they're saying to themselves. We'll go somewhere else yeah. um, and maybe we've got a clean slate. So there's all kinds of different reasons. And this is nothing new because obviously you've been in church leadership for yeah. 35 plus years um, and all of that. So I guess sometimes we can focus on the person leaving and their response, but we want to focus as leaders on our response. How how do we often respond, and and why do we respond in that way? Yeah, well, when we talked about this in our staff meeting, I, I felt it was really important to be real, mm. and um, and not just to talk about this is how we should respond, mm. but to talk about how we do respond, mm. and particularly when people have left, let's say for some of the negative reasons, mm. whether it be shame or discipleship issue. I think. Um, we respond often and I found myself responsive with hurt. Mm. Um, you feel hurt and you take it personally. You, you, you know, you feel it, um, within your own heart, within your own soul. And that leads obviously to, um, you know, can lead to disappointment and discouragement within you. And so we feel, we feel those things, uh, I think acutely. And, uh, somebody, you know, once, once said, don't take it personal. And I remember a leader shouting out saying, but it is personal, yeah. you know, because they were in the midst of it mm. and they felt that. And I think one of the reasons for that is that good leaders treat the church like family. Yeah. And, even, you know, they don't, even though church has to be structured, it has to be organized, mm. it has to be an organization. And the larger a church get, the more, more it needs to have accountability and all those mm. things. But at, at, it, at their heart, Good leaders treat the church like family. That's mm -hmm. Jesus did that. So mm -hmm. you remember Jesus, people said, your mother and your brothers and sisters are here. And he points to his disciples. And it wouldn't just be the 12. It'd be a larger group of disciples. And he says, here is my mother, my brothers, my sister. Whoever does the will of God is my mother, yeah. my brother, and my sister. He, he talked about this new family mm. within the kingdom of God. And that's how good leaders, I believe, think about church mm. this is a this is a family and so you don't leave a family you so that's why it feels hurt um but then people often think about church as a commodity 
It's it's a little bit, do I shop? I'm going to have to mention Sainsbury's because Jeannie used to work, <laughs> my wife used to work for Sainsbury's. Do I shop at Sainsbury's or do I shop at some somewhere else, Marks and Spencer's, Aldi or wherever? Yeah. So that's a commodity choice. Yeah. And people sometimes view church that way, and that hurts leaders because they see it as family. Yeah, so so just thinking of that idea of a leader maybe watching this podcast or listening, maybe they've experienced that, people leaving them. Um, I often think, you know, it's to do with this idea of the fact that they've invested in people yes. for a while. You know, when you invest yeah. in people, like as you say, like you invest in people's lives, at that point then you can feel a little bit bereft when someone gets yeah. up mm. and goes can't you really you can and you can feel because of that you can feel betrayed mm. that somebody's betrayed your trust your investment mm. your your time and your commitment you can feel fit your, your hurt is because of uh, a feeling of betrayal mm. Um, mm. in that moment i also think um we respond sometimes with fear and and it's sometimes fear of our reputation Sometimes fear about uh, our influence mm. is that will our influence diminish? Yeah. But also, we can be afraid of the influence of the person leaving. Yeah. You know what will who will this affect? What will be the knock on? What, what will be what the damage will they do? What damage yeah. will they yeah. do? And we've had people over the years uh, who've tried to destroy us. I would say that you know. Mm. Now that's at the extreme, mm. but then there's always a, a ripple effect. Mm. Uh, when people leave, and, and leaders can be afraid of that. And and, and do, you, do you think, just thinking of this idea of reputation, obviously you've got the reputation of the church, and yeah. then you've got the reputation of the leader, um, it, it impacts both, don't you, don't you think, really? It does, yeah. And also I think the reputation of, of what's happening mm. in a season of, of the church. You know, I think in some seasons of our church where people have left, um, where, where there's been a several people leaving at a similar time let's say god's been doing great things at the same time yeah but that can get lost yeah. the testimony of what god is doing can get lost mm. because we're overshadowed isn't it? overshadowed that's mm. a great phrase yeah overshadowed because of um everybody's talking about well this person's left or that's person's yeah, yeah, yeah. left etc and that leads to dis discouragement yeah. yeah and disappointment and we feel we feel those things. You shared a, um, I think it was an American statistic, even around uh, the COVID season, that uh, so many pastors, I can't remember what it was. It was seven six, out of seven ten. Seven out of ten pastors were looking for a new job uh, because of this feeling of discouragement, disappointment. And, uh, you know, even just linking it to this is that many pastors have felt using the term ghosted yeah because they've not been able to see the church they don't know if they've been connecting online are they coming that. back are they coming back they may have had some people who leave and they might be feeling and you might be listening watching this you might be feeling in that way but you shared some great things on okay so we might often respond like this we're probably gonna feel this yeah we're gonna be in this place but here's how we should respond. Yeah. I wondered if you'd just touch on some of those things. Yeah. And and I'm not sharing that in the sense of this is how we do respond, but we shouldn't. Yeah. No, we do respond like this, mm. but here's how we respond in that moment. Yeah. When we, when we feel these things, when it happened, I mm. mean, I guess the first thing for me is you always fall back on the promises, mm. fall back on the promises of God and, 
or trust the word of God. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. And yeah. for all, all the time that I've been leading Icon Church, that promise, I like, there's not a week goes by without I'm not calling on God and mm. reminding him yeah. of his promise. It doesn't need reminding, but I, I need to yeah, remind yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I need yeah. to say I'm trusting that yeah. promise. Yeah. You will build your church. That's where I'm putting my trust today. And that's, um, It sounds simple, that, doesn't it? And the idea of, yeah. you know, we we say about his, it's his church. Yeah. But actually that is a liberating thing mm. when yeah. leaders sit back. And you use that word overshadow. Yeah. The situation can overshadow, but just falling back on the promise Again, the shadow is the dark, yeah. you know, darkness. Yeah. It brings back into light. Yeah. Here's the yeah. promise. Lifts the clouds, yeah. so to speak, yeah, exactly. doesn't it? If we yeah. want to use that language. Yeah. And I've had moments where I've thought, as let's think of how bad this could get. Mm. Jesus will still build his church. Yeah. I don't want it to get bad. I don't want to feel more no. discouraged. I don't want <laughs> no, to. No. I want to. Don't. I don't want to delve deeper into the abyss. Yeah. But Jesus will still build His church, and I trust that, and I trust His word. And and I think just drawing that out a little bit, Paul, is the fact that's what we've experienced, hasn't it? Like yeah. in this season mm. of COVID, I know yeah. we don't want to talk about that today, but in reality, like the church is still growing. Mm. Yeah, this church is still moving. People yeah. are still becoming Christians. Yeah, so all that still happened in one of the worst, I suppose, times yeah. that we've been aware of yeah. in our in our world globally. Mm. And if that's one of the worst times, and the church is still moving forward and yeah. still being built, mm. then that's a good way to yeah. have a bit of perspective, yeah. really. Yeah, and I think of that promise in the context of church, but I also think about the verse where it says that the one who calls you is faithful. Yeah. Mm. Because I think there'll be leaders listening to this, yeah. and maybe they're not leaders in a church context, but they lead a business, and they go through the same same thing. Maybe they've mm -hmm. invested. I know, you know, when when I was in the, the business world, we talked a lot about investing in people, people yeah. through mm -hmm. training, but then being afraid that they'd leave and join a competitor. That happens. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think if you're a Christian leader, you can say the one who's called you to this position is faithful yeah and uh, and so i think that's that's even in that moment where you feel discouraged betrayed however you feel you actually can lean in on the promise of god you can fall back on that yeah so what what else did you share on on that day with yeah. the staff because you talked about the promise yeah there's another couple of things that i thought were very important and very helpful mm. for the staff and team yeah. really i mean big thing that's been very helpful to me is to measure your ministry or to measure your work if we're thinking outside of church, mm. measure your ministry in the people who are with you. Yeah, just like Jesus, you know, the, he, he had his he had his core, he had his he had his twelve, he had his seventy, eighty or so, his five hundred, and then mm. the crowds, the thousands. I think Jesus was measuring his ministry in those who were closest to him, those who were with him, mm. those who'd given up to follow him, and I think we should do that too. That actually, there will be people who are. Uh, just just on the fringe of things, but to measure what what you're sharing, what your uh, what your your anointing is in those who are closest with you. It's not a phrase that I invented. Measure your ministry in those who are with you. I think I heard it about thirty, twenty five, thirty years ago from a man called Gerald Coates, mm. and uh, it never left me. And it's always been helpful. So you know, again, at times I've had to shift my focus where my focus has been on what's been maybe negative or overshadowing, I've been able to think about this person or this family that I can just see thriving 
and just say that's what God I can see what God is doing put my focus back mm. on what God's doing do, do you think uh, I'm just thinking about this because um, I'm wondering whether we need to reframe what success looks like mm. in our own eyes rather than you know because every leader has their levers and you know church life can be up and down yeah. here there and everywhere I wonder if actually for ourselves we have to reframe mm. success in the fact of measuring it by those who are with you yeah what's their journey looking like where are where are they going what's their discipleship journey looking like what's their leadership journey yeah. looking like where are they at rather than you know focusing on you know all that fringe stuff yeah that that kind of stuff i wonder if that'd <clears throat> be important yeah well another phrase again someone said it i think i heard it first from um I believe it was Francois Van Niekerk, <clears throat> uh, from who was a pastor in South Africa at the time, mm -hmm. and he said success is having successes. It's the same idea, mm -hmm. really. The, and when you think of Jesus, you know, he called 12, he called those he wanted. Mm -hmm. that, that, that 12 was probably, most of the time, around 70 people who were hanging around Jesus and his ministry, particularly when he was in the region of Capernaum. Um, but Jesus could attract crowds of 15,000, but mm. he, he ministered. Without social media. Yeah, <laughs> he ministered to them. Mm. Yeah. But he was inputting into the 12. And when it comes to post-resurrection, that crowd is 120. It's not 500. It's not 15,000. No. It's 120. When it mm. comes to the day of Pentecost, 10 days later, it's just around 120. It's 120 mm. people. And so... Uh, you know, we our churches may have hundreds of people. Mm. They may not be whatever size, but there'll be people who are receiving Very and good. responding yeah. to what God is doing, and yeah. that's where you measure success. Is having successes, and I, I wonder, just picking up what Nathan was saying there about this idea of measuring your success, because that's that's a big thing for a yeah, leader, yeah. isn't it? Really, yeah. Especially if there's a bit of shift and a bit of change in yeah. church, and people come and people mm. go. And I suppose we've got to be realistic in the sense, like even with Jesus, um, not only did the, the crowd leave him when he gave him that challenge, but when we get to the cross, of course, yeah. most of the disciples were running as yeah, well, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And ru running the opposite direction. Yeah, especially Peter. Yeah. Especially <laughs> Peter. So I, I think it's even going beyond that, that that confidence has got to be in who we are in God, yeah, yeah. not just on how, how are those around me doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that's the next step yeah, up. Yeah. But if you it can't is. get the first bit of who 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 am I and what's God doing in my life, then the diff the second part doesn't really make sense, I don't think. Yeah. No, 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 good. You you mentioned, obviously, uh, things for us to do in, in terms of like responding, mm. um, you know, to some of that discouragement, falling back on the promise, how we measure. But what about with those people? Um, because you, you talked about, obviously, there's a discipleship issue, but also for the leader, it's a discipleship yeah. issue as well. So how do you let people go? Yeah. Well, I think I think also you've got to let people go with grace, mm. um, you know, wherever you can. And sometimes that's a, like you say, it's a discipleship mm. issue for you as a leader. Mm. You've got to fight. Sometimes you want yeah. to argue. Mm. Um, sometimes you want to tell everybody. Sometimes you want to make an announcement in the church. Yeah, yeah. Do you know this person? Do you know? Um, has done these five things against yeah. me. Yeah, that's the challenge, isn't mm. it, for leaders? Really, ah, you know what? That, you can't let people know. That's that. You, no, you can't no. tell. And and we've 
we've always tried, Jeannie and myself and, and the other leaders here at Icon Church, we've always tried to protect people, even people who were doing us harm. We've mm. sought to protect them. We've never gone public. And we could have gone public. And, uh, you know, I... I I could bring a stack of emails <laughs> and and read them out. That's and very like stack. Oh, that's getting yeah. seriously. And I could. And that's just a, last week, isn't it? <laughs> I could get a sympathy of the. But we have always said we won't do that. Mm. We'll let people go with grace. We'll be we'll be gracious. We'll forgive, mm. because that's a discipleship issue for the leader mm. to yeah, forgive. Um, but you know, just like when you forgive an abuser. Yeah, yeah, you don't mm. submit yourself to the abuse, and mm. the same is true in church. When somebody wants to do the church harm, the leaders have to protect the church mm. from that, but they also have to forgive forgive the person. So you let uh, you let people go with grace, and you also because you're relying on the promise. You look for the new, great, and you look for the next, and you look for the upgrade. Mm. I've always prayed that and believed believed that not that people are a commodity they're not but that in god's heart he wants you to keep going forward yeah and so mm. if if you've lost something that matters if you've lost something that um you know was useful was helpful and working with you i think god has got a plan to to not just replace that yeah. Yeah. but actually to take it to another level and uh, Jesus said that, I think, to his disciples when he said, yeah. you know, the disciples said, we've left all this stuff. <laughs> and Jesus said, hey, let me tell you, in this life, you'll receive a hundred times more yeah. than what you think you've lost. That's great. So this is my kind of last thing yeah, is yeah. you look for the new, you look for the next, you look for the upgrade. Yeah, really good. So, trying to think through then, uh, one of the next questions here is, do we think that this applies uh, to a team member. So it could be that maybe not a church leader is watching, but it could be someone's in a team, they're leading the team, but someone's left their team. Yeah. You know, they can go through the same sort of feelings and responses, can't they? So w what do we want to say into that today? Well, I think exactly the same, exactly the same thing. And I think one thing I'd add for church leaders and for team leaders, so all the things that have gone before, exactly the same for a team yeah. leader. You mm. feel those things, but fall back on the promise, fall back on the people who were with you. And if you're a team leader, you've probably got somebody who's put you in that position who believes in you. Mm. Fall back on that as well. But also every leader, every good leader, does examine themselves in those moments. Mm. And you can question yourself uh, too critically, but every leader does examine themselves and, and because they want to grow yeah. in their discipleship. Mm. And I would say take those opportunities uh, to do that. Self-awareness is so important. Knowing the, knowing the limits of your leadership mm. um, and knowing where your leadership has, is at this moment in time. In the Old Testament, there's the story of of uh, Jethro and, and Moses and how does Moses lead the people. Mm. And, and Jethro says, this is going to kill you. You're just trying to lead everybody. But put people, and he, you know, put people over tens. I might get these numbers wrong. Put people, Some people can lead tens. Some people can lead fifties. Some people can mm. lead hundreds. There's a limit to our leadership. There's a limit yeah, to my yeah. leadership. And yeah. knowing where that is at any moment in time, and it's not just the number of people, mm. But, but it's how I can lead, etc. Knowing where that is, that self-awareness is really good mm. because it helps me think about, well, if God calls me to lead at another level, what growth is needed in me? Yeah. Because God needs to do that work in me before I can 
before I can lead at the next level. And I guess we've uh, we've kind of coined a phrase from, uh, I think we've heard it at Hillsong, Brian Houston, healthy things grow. Yeah. And as a leader, we need to be healthy. So kind of just to kind of wrap everything up and bring it, what can leaders do to stay healthy, especially in this situation when it feels personal? Yeah. Well, the obvious thing I'm going to say is relationship mm. with God, but I don't, just because I say that first, I don't, that's not all you can have and be healthy. Mm. So I think your relationship with God is so important, you know, relationship with God's word, just that connection with Jesus. Whenever I'm leaning in to God, I find everything else in my life seems to mm. have health. But also I think to have friends and to have friends that you do ministry with and that you have fun with. Mm. Laughter is really important. Enjoyment is important. And I think I think having that in your life is is so important. Having uh, things that you enjoy outside of, I guess, a church, the church mm. world as well. Just just living. I've I've put. You know, we love God. We used to use this phrase a lot at church, and and I really like it. You love God. You love people, but and you love life. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so life is a gift, isn't it? And mm. and all all those things. So if if you like sport, if you like what whatever, you just you just enjoy those things. You don't yeah. let you don't let the discouragement disappoint mm. you crowd in on those things. And then the other thing I'll just mention again is just that sense of forgiving. Mm. You know that a leader has to forgive uh, people. I remember struggling many years ago with forgiveness. I would harbour the discouragement, mm. the disappointment, and uh, again. I've said it a few times today, but I heard somebody say this phrase, forgive every person, everything, every day. Mm. Wow. And it's just stayed in my mind. Yeah. Again, one of those phrases, mm. there's just a few of them, forgive every person, everything, mm. every day. And uh, and I've sought to try it as best as I can. Not mm. always succeeded, but tried yeah. to sort of try and do that. Mm. But I think loving, loving God, mm. loving people, which is the friends thing, yeah. and loving life, I think that maxim is, uh, is fabulous yeah. to keep us healthy. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. And it's been great to chat around uh, this topic. Every leader has their levers. And uh, if this helped you, then uh, please get in touch. Let us know. Uh, you can find on icon.church forward slash open PDF of those notes from that staff meeting, as well as you'll be able to find all the show notes for the Church Explained podcast. Let me encourage you to rate, review, subscribe, do whatever, wherever you're consuming this content. Content. And please share this. Maybe this will help a, a church leader. Maybe you've been having a conversation with someone even around this subject and uh, this would help them. Then please share it. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast.